0: December twenty eighth, And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative will continue today in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verses 1 through 21. If you have your one-year Bible, or any Bible, you can read along, of course, with me, or just listen and we'll read the scripture verbatim to you. Before we begin, let's take a look at what's going on here. There's a celebration going on In Revelation chapter 19, sinners cry, alas, but saints shout hallelujah at the fall of the godless world system called Babylon. A sin has been judged here. God's servants have been vindicated. God has been glorified and Christ is about to usher in his kingdom. Even as you anticipate these victories, by faith you can shout hallelujah now because you already know the end of the story. We'll read about Proclamation. Two contrasting suppers are named in this chapter. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb, which brings blessing, and the Supper of the Great God, which brings judgment. The bride makes herself ready at the judgment seat of Christ, where her spots and wrinkles are taken away. You talk about a supreme and extreme makeover, this one is going to be it. She receives rewards for faithful service. Now in contrast, the godless armies of earth are defeated by the Lord and become food for the birds. This, my friend, is the description of the battle of Armageddon, mentioned in Revelation chapter 16, verse 16. His kingdom is coming. Oh, tell the story. God's banner exalted shall be. The earth shall be filled with his wonder and glory as waters cover the sea. And with that, let's begin today's reading here in the New Testament. December twenty eighth, Revelation chapter 19, verses 1 through 21. After this, I, John, heard the sound of a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation is from our God! Glory and power belong to Him alone! His judgments are just and true. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged the murder of his servants. Again and again their voices rang, Hallelujah, the smoke from that city ascends forever and forever. Then the twenty-four elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God, who was sitting on the throne. They cried out, Amen, Hallelujah. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all His servants, from the least to the greatest, all who fear Him. Then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a huge crowd, or the roar of mighty ocean waves, or the crash of loud thunder. Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and honor Him. FOR THE TIME HAS COME FOR THE WEDDING FEAST OF THE LAMB, AND HIS BRIDE HAS PREPARED HERSELF. SHE IS PERMITTED TO WEAR THE FINEST WHITE LINEN. FINE LINEN REPRESENTS THE GOOD DEEDS DONE BY THE PEOPLE OF GOD. AND THE ANGEL SAID, WRITE THIS, BLESSED ARE THOSE WHO ARE INVITED TO THE WEDDING FEAST OF THE LAMB. AND HE ADDED, THESE ARE TRUE WORDS THAT COME FROM GOD. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said, No, don't worship me, for I am a servant of God, just like you and other brothers and sisters who testify of their faith in Jesus. Worship God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there, and the one sitting on the horse was named Faithful and True, where he judges fairly and then goes to war. His eyes were bright like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him, and only he knew what it meant. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword and with it he struck down the nations. He ruled them with an iron rod, and he trod the winepress of the fierce wrath of Almighty God. On his robe and thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, Come! Gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, captains, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast gathering the kings of the earth and their armies in order to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came out of the mouth of the one riding the white horse, and all the vultures of the sky gorged themselves on the dead bodies."
1: One of the things that really excited me about God was to begin to realize that he is sovereign and that he is auspicious, that he is in control and that he has absolute power. It was interesting to me to find out that he foreknew me, that he knew me before I was born, that my mother and father did not get their first look at me. They were not the first ones to see me. That God had searched me before there was a where or when or this or that. That he had chosen me. That he had monitored my mother's pregnancy. That he had secured me. That he had protected me in the womb. That in fact before he had formed me in the belly, as he said to Jeremiah, he says, I knew thee. I ordained thee. And I sanctified thee to be a prophet unto the nations. I did it before that you might be, all right? Before speaks to the past. To be speaks to the future. He said, you are going to be what I have prepared before. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. There are no surprises with me. God says, I already know all about you. You will never surprise me. Your thoughts will not surprise me. I know your thoughts while they are still afar off. I know what you're going to do before you do it. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I ordained you. You couldn't have been a stillborn. I ordained you. You couldn't have been a terminated pregnancy. I ordained you. You couldn't have been an aborted baby. I ordained you. You couldn't have died of crib death. I ordained you. I sanctified you. When did you sanctify me? Was it when I got baptized? Was it when I cleaned up my life? Was it when I got... No, no, no. I sanctified you before I formed thee. When your hands were still webbed in your mother's belly. When you were just a bleeping on the monitor, I sanctified you. Before they could determine your gender, I sanctified you. Before your mother began to throw up in the first trimester of her pregnancy, I sanctified thee before you were a gleam on a cold night in your father's eye i sanctified thee i sanctified you it means i set you apart it speaks more than cleanliness it speaks to a line of demarcation it means i marked you before you got here i put my mark on you and you are mine i sanctified you i set you apart in fact, it clearly means that I meant for you to be different. I didn't mean for you to fit in. What a ministry to understand. I never meant for you to be in the clique or in the club. I never meant for you to be accepted. I marked you. I sanctified you. I set you apart. You were meant to be an outcast with men so that you could be an incast with God.
0: Psalm 147, verses 1 through 20. Praising the Lord is the highest exercise of your faculties. He is worthy of praise, and you should praise Him whether or not you think your praise is accomplishing anything in your life. However, there are some blessings that come to those who worship Him in truth. Praise brings spiritual beauty to God's people. It builds His work and unifies His people, and it heals the inner person and lifts the fallen. Praise, my friend, is good medicine, very good medicine. Praise makes God's world real and personal to you, even the storms, and it is great protection against the enemy. Praise pleases the Lord and enables Him to work in your life. Praise must, however, never become a pragmatic device for getting blessing from God. See, God looks on the heart, so He knows what's really going on there. When you sincerely praise Him, the blessing will come. Praise changes things and people. Psalm 147, verses 1-20 through Praise the Lord! How good it is to sing praises to our God! How delightful and how right! The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted, binding up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord! His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but He brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God, accompanied by harps. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth and makes the green grass grow in mountain pastures. He feeds the wild animals, and the young ravens cry to him for food. The strength of a horse does not impress him. How puny in his sight is the strength of a man! Rather, the Lord's delight is in those who honor him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem! Praise your God, O Zion, for he has fortified the bars of your gates, and blessed your children within you. He sends peace across your nation, and satisfies you with plenty of the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world, how swiftly his word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then, at his command, it all melts. He sends his winds, and the ice thaws. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his principles and laws to Israel. He has not done this with any other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 31, verses 1 through 7. These are the sayings of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my promises, do not spend your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. And it is not for kings, O Lemuel, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave liquor, for if they drink, they may forget their duties, and be unable to give justice to those who are oppressed. Liquor is for the dying, and wine for those in deep depression. Let them drink to forget their poverty, and remember their troubles no more.